Hi, I'm Shelly. And I'm Nicole. And you're listening to the Baby Pro Podcast, where we talk about everything and anything related to pregnancy through the first year of your child's life. Every episode, we will discuss and interview experts on all the questions expectant and new parents want to know, such as creating the perfect birth plan, infant sleep, and tips and tricks for parenting a newborn. Welcome to the show. Shelly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Things are pretty much the same over here. Status quo, which is nice. No big unexpected surprises or events going on. Good. That's nice. Boring sometimes is good. <laughs> yeah, especially after 2020. Like boring is nice. <laughs> oh, agreed. How about you? Doing okay. Still recovering from my shoulder surgery dealing with more snow because boy we've been on a snow trend being february here so dealing with that which is not my most favorite but managing okay thanks to my boyfriend nice (laughs) yes no i hate it i hate it and i don't i'm like spoiled like john does all the shoveling he cleans off my car yeah i hate it yeah i don't even like the crunch of it under my feet it makes me like "Ah, it's a sensory thing i have right Certain sounds and feelings and crunching of snow under my feet gives me the chills down my body. Mm-hmm. So it's like fingernails are on a chalkboard every time I have to leave and walk on snow. Mm. I do like the, you know, those like when you, maybe you did this when you were a kid too, or maybe I was just a weird kid. You know, it's like really thin ice sheets that mm-hmm. form like on sidewalks. I would love cracking those with my feet and my Yeah, that's different than standing on snow. <laughs> yes. Just like in the, you know, in the fall when all the pine cones drop and you can crunch them under your foot. I yeah. I doing that. Yep. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I get it. Um, so this week, our guest is Erica Winters from Spoil Yogi. She is a prenatal and postnatal yoga teacher. We're going to be talking to her about prenatal yoga. Yeah, great. Forward to that. I know. I have so many questions for her because I never did yoga during pregnancy, but I kind of wish I had. I know. Yeah. I like to hear from her. Yeah. That'll be a good one. Yeah. Before COVID hit, I was doing a yoga class once a week and I'll just be honest because it's, it wasn't, it's, this is not like a knock against the teacher or whatever, but I did not like yoga. Like I've tried like multiple studios, multiple teachers, and I go because I know I need it. But mm-hmm. I also like it just, oh, it's like you're just sitting there and it's so quiet and you're supposed to be like mindful and I'm not. <laughs> My brain won't shut off. And every time right now. <laughs> yes. And everybody's like, at the end of the classes, my mom was like, oh, don't you just feel so relaxed now? And I'm like, no, I'm freaking stressed. Because <laughs> I had to listen to my brain talk to itself for like an hour. Right. right. It's just not for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, you have to find what works for you. Yeah, I need to like do mobility without having to sit through a yoga class. But I know, like, I wish I could like it because it looks amazing. Yeah. And the benefits are real. Yep, I do like it, but I am like hyper flexible. So I actually have to be really careful. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so yes, I do like yoga, but I am hyper flexible. So I have to be careful not to do too much. Because my I have a lot of mobility and I can actually dislocate things too easily. So I have to be careful. Yeah. I'm like that with my elbows and knees. Ugh. Yeah. 
Well, let's talk about our favorite of the week. Sounds good. You want to go first? Sure. So this is a very funny, practical little thing, but mine is my extension um, snow clear snow brush for my car. <laughs> With the snow we've had and being five foot nothing, I have mm-hmm. totally appreciated having this super flexible. And I wish that I knew what the brand was, but I don't. I didn't buy it for me. Frank did. It has no packaging and it's yellow. And mm-hmm. the, the thing that clears the snow on top of the car is like padded. And oh my gosh, it's wonderful. So if you it live where it's like stretch the car. No, it's soft. It does not scratch anything. It extends, it pivots, it does all these things to make clearing off your car so much easier. So being a short girl with an SUV, it's magic. Mm-hmm. I should get one of those. Mine has a pretty long handle, but I still have to like, to clean off the top of my car, I still have to like stand on my tiptoes and kind of lean into the car, which I hate because right. there's snow all over myself. Right. And I still can't get the middle. So sometimes the snow is like flying off <sighs> my way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so bad. Right. Right. I totally get it. Yeah. And what's yours? Mine is a book. Uh-huh. It's called Work, Work, Pump, Repeat by Jessica Shortwell. Ah. The New Mom Survival Guide to Breastfeeding and Going Back to Work. Mm-hmm. And it has this super cute cover where there's a bottle of breast milk with a sticky note on it. This is not for coffee. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know like I really like it like I went through and um she talks about like your rights and the laws and what you can do to like if you're if your workplace is not supporting your rights yeah. to allow you to pump um all of her advice for pumping is pretty accurate and on point which is nice because sometimes because she is not an IBCLC she's just a working mom so sometimes if you have someone that doesn't have the IBCLC background, some of the advice they can give can be inaccurate, but her advice is pretty accurate. And she even has a section in there on like traveling while working and pumping. So very useful book for anyone who is going back to work, even I think remote work. I think people look at it because a lot of people are working remote right now. Right. If you're working remote, there's some good information in there. It's good. good. And it was nice. Like it was a nice, easy read. She's nice and lighthearted. She's got some humor in there. Um, Like she's saying, this one part, it says understanding your pump parts. And she goes through all the pump parts and she goes, the horn that goes on your boobs. These are called flanges. (laughs) And they will spend time touching your boobs and your high school boyfriend. (laughs) 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 So there's definitely some humor in there, which I really like. I love that. Yeah, Um, perfect. Yeah, so I will put the link for that book in the show notes if anyone wants to check that out. Great. Let's move on to our question of the week. Sounds good. So this week's question, um, someone sent me through Instagram. And the question is, I'd like to start to build up a stash for when I go back to work. How do I incorporate pumping while I'm still home and breastfeeding? Mm. Great question. Yeah. So usually I recommend, um, you didn't say how old your baby was, but... Usually I recommend once the baby hits three weeks old to start pumping once a day after the first morning feeding. So the first feeding that you're out of bed for, feed the baby first and then pump for 15 minutes because that's mostly when parents have more volume is in the morning. And then that you can start to use to build up a stash. If you're a little closer to going back to work and your baby's older, you know, usually around two weeks before you go back to work, you can start pumping a little bit more frequently. 
preferably at the same time that you'll be pumping while you're at work, but feed the baby at the breast first. Yep. And that will allow you to build up a nice dash beforehand, as well as try to like train your body to release milk for the pump during those times of day. As well as right. the baby. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure you've seen Nicole, those Instagram pictures of like six months worth of milk in freezers. Right. <laughs> you do not need that much milk. Right. I know it's like milk stash porn and whatnot to like look. It's there is something satisfying in seeing all those bags stacked up in the freezer. Right. But you do not need that much milk. And it can, you know, seeing those posts and those pictures on social media can cause a lot of anxiety for parents. You know, usually I recommend just stay two days ahead. You know, if you're yeah. two days ahead, you're good. You don't right. need bags and bags and bags and bags and bags. Right. Yeah. Especially for those who've lost power with a freezer full of milk, mm-hmm. they'll tell you they wish they hadn't had so much. Right. Because there's nothing like dumping, you know, 800 ounces down the drain to make you cry. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's a great question, though. It's simple. Yes. Yep. Good. All right. And next up, we have Erica Winters. Sounds good. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to chat with you a little bit about one of the biggest obstacles that I see expecting and new families facing when they're having a baby, and that's lack of support and community. I know that having a baby can be overwhelming. There's so many resources out there. Some of them are better than others. You never quite know if you're getting the most updated evidence-based information. And also there's the lack of support. So that's why I created the Baby Pro Bistro. You can join the Baby Pro Bistro and get monthly support before and after your baby arrives. The Baby Pro Bistro provides you with all your prenatal and new parenting needs. So when you join, you get the prenatal childbirth education class, the prenatal breastfeeding class, the prenatal newborn care class, and the prenatal infant sleep education. You also get postpartum information like a starting solace webinar, community support, and expert speakers who talk on various subjects such as infant massage and pelvic floor health. This week, I'm so happy to introduce Erica Winters from Spoiled Yogi. She does prenatal and postnatal yoga. Welcome, Erica. Thank you so much. I'm excited to have this conversation. I have this like weird relationship with yoga, so I'm happy to hear like the perspective of a yoga teacher. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I have been doing yoga for a very long time. I started when I was in college, I was about 19. And then I won't even do the math on how long that was because it will make me feel really old. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And um, a little bit about my background is I fell in love with yoga then. And after I graduated from college with a journalism degree, I was like, "Uh, okay, I know I wanted to be a newspaper reporter. But I got this opportunity to move across the country and be an intern at Yoga Journal magazine. So I just kind of really did a deep dive from a very young age and became a yoga teacher then. And it wasn't until I had my first baby, who is now eight and a half years old, which is insane, that I realized just how, I mean, I knew yoga would benefit my pregnancy and all that, 
but I didn't realize how few resources there were for moms and um, how magical like the whole like bonding thing could be. And anyway, long story short, I got back into teaching yoga after she was born and I was just teaching at this gym close to my house. So I wouldn't have to be away from her for very long. And one day I looked up and like, out of the like eight or nine people that were there, five of them had these big pregnant bellies. And at that point I was like, huh, I think I should probably make sure I know what I'm doing here. (laughs) That'd be nice. (laughs) So I enrolled in a prenatal yoga teacher training and the rest is history. I absolutely love working with pregnant women. I love working with moms and I love not just the yoga benefits of it, but like the community aspect that the moms in my classes, even in my Zoom classes later on, they are like, they become best friends and they go on walks together after their babies are born. And I see them like, I see, cause I also, anyone that comes into my class is automatically my best friend too, whether they like it or not. <laughs> so I follow them. I follow them on like Facebook and I see their posts of them like hanging out together and their babies all stacked up, not stacked up, <laughs> all lined up in a row on the couch. Don't stack your babies. <laughs> that's not recommended, but you can line them up for a play date. Um, So anyway, that's kind of my story and what I am so excited and passionate about. And I'm just open to hear all the questions. And I'm really interested to hear what your relationship with is to yoga too. I didn't realize you had an an interesting relationship. So well, pretty much I, I never did prenatal yoga when I was pregnant and I do have like mobility issues. So I take yoga or at least pre COVID I did. But I don't like it. <laughs> you don't want to get into it. Okay. No, like it's just, I feel better when I take it. It's just, it's so quiet and it makes me have to listen to my brain for an hour. So I don't like that mm. aspect. So I've tried that. like, it's not, it's not the teachers. It's not the studios. Cause I've tried a variety of different styles as well. But I think just like me personally, I know I want to like it. I want to do it and I make myself do it. But at the same time, I'm like, um, like I was telling Nicole that at the end of the last class I went to, the woman next to me was like, oh, don't you just feel so much better? And I was like, no, I feel more stressed. (laughs) I feel more flexible, but I feel stressed. Right. Yeah. That's funny. I'm the first to admit that it's not for everybody. It right. doesn't have to be for everybody. Right. But um, also, it makes me want to invite you to my class. <laughs> <laughs> I won't try to convert you, though. No, it's okay. Maybe it's like maybe it's like therapy. You have to like find the the right therapist for you. Yeah. To, to like I feel like a, I feel like a lot of people kind of have to show up and commit to it for a good I don't know at least I tell people like at least six weeks but like maybe like six months for some people and then it's like something clicks and they're like oh okay Mm. (laughs) okay I get it I understand now but um sometimes it takes longer and sometimes like I said sometimes it's just not for you and that's okay too Mm. you can find something else that can help you with what you need help with right yeah very true how how does the prenatal yogurt differ from regular yogurt? This is a question that I get all of the time. So there are definitely some things that during pregnancy you 
can't or shouldn't do that you might encounter in a regular yoga class. So a really good example is those poses where you lay on your belly to do like a backbend or something like that. Obviously, you can't do that during pregnancy. So that's the biggest thing is those things that are contraindicated for pregnancy are just taken out of the equation altogether. Um, And it's not that pregnant women can't go to another kind of yoga class, but if they go to another kind of yoga class, then either the teacher has to be really good about pointing out, okay, everybody else do this, but not you. Um, and not everybody likes that mm. for, I, I mean, I wouldn't like being pointed out continuously during class, but then the other part of it is just like, if the teacher's like putting it on you and sometimes they do this, like, do you know how to take care of yourself? Right. Then you have to be kind of thinking about that the whole time. And it's really nice to just be led and not have to worry about like, is this okay? Is that okay? Mm -hmm. I'm not really so sure about this. And I don't know what to do instead of this thing where you're laying on your tummy. So those are the big like physical differences. Mm -hmm. I would also add there's something just really beautiful and lovely about being in community with other women who are at the same stage that you are. So you can connect with them and you can ask questions and you can kind of commiserate on like, I didn't sleep because I had to get up every five minutes to pee. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, actually, I also didn't sleep because my baby wouldn't stop kicking me in the ribs Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Sometimes you can feel like you're the only one going through this if you don't have any friends already who are in that stage or are recently out of that stage. It's so amazing how quickly people forget. (laughs) And then they, you know, will say annoying things like, oh, I loved every moment of being pregnant and just enjoy it. (laughs) Enjoy this. Enjoy the sleep while you can. And people are like, huh? Are other people sleeping when they're pregnant? Because I'm not. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a long answer to a short question. <laughs> no, I think you're 100% correct with the community aspect. It's so important, especially now, you know, when we're like in a pandemic and it's harder to go places to form that community. I mean, totally so important to have people that get what you're going through where you can like wake up in the morning and just say, you know, my baby was an a-hole and didn't let me get any sleep last night. And someone else says, <laughs> right. mine too. And then you just feel better. <laughs> right. right. Totally. Yeah. And to be in a safe space where you're allowed to say, my baby was an a-hole. Yeah, exactly. If you say that to the random lady who comes up to you to give you advice at Target, <laughs> she may not be as understanding. Right. Well, However, that might be a good reason to say that to her. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Then maybe she'll be like, ooh, and leave you alone. Right. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's always a random lady at Target. What is that? So can we talk like safety for baby? Is there any situation in which yoga would not be safe for the baby that you can think of? So no, the only thing that I would caution is, you know, don't, don't rely on your yoga teacher to be your medical provider because we are not that. 
So if there's a situation that would not be safe for your baby to do um, yoga, then your medical provider should be the one giving you that information, right? Your medical provider should be the one who's like, actually, you could really harm your baby if you do X, Y, and Z because of this special um, condition that you have that maybe I don't know anything about, right? Right. So I can't think of anything. That's not to say that there isn't anything. (laughs) You know what I mean? Usually there's not. In a healthy pregnancy, there it's completely, totally um, beneficial and safe. In most even more complicated pregnancies that I know about, it would still be beneficial and safe, but I don't know everything. Right. So, and one of the questions we did get was, is it safe to do if you have placenta previa? I have never heard that there's any reason not to do it with placenta previa. What I usually tell my mamas who have that is I feel like it's my role to help them. Well, it's always my role to help any mom with no matter what she has going on in her pregnancy to understand that there are times when you will have um, a pose presented to you that you start to go into it. And it's just like, ooh. This doesn't feel good for whatever reason. And I want all of my mamas to listen to that, right? To be like, okay, I know this is safe for pregnancy or my condition or whatever, but for whatever reason right now, it just feels icky. And so your body is so much wiser and smarter and understands like what's going on than um, anybody else. So In that regard, listen to your body first, listen to your medical provider. If I had placental previa, I would absolutely say, okay, now what do I need to be cautious about um, with exercise? What can I do? What should I steer clear of? And then I also want to put mama's mind at ease. And most of the time that as baby grows and as belly grows, that kind of can correct itself. There are times when it doesn't, of course, but a lot of times it does. So, so I like to put mamas at ease as much as I can. And then I also like to remind them to talk to their doctor, OBGYN or midwife about those kinds of questions. But as far as I know, um, it's completely safe and healthy and beneficial to do yoga, even if you have that condition. Yes. And I imagine, especially if you're doing what you said and just kind of like paying attention to what your body is telling you to do. Right. Yeah, totally. In that moment. And it doesn't even matter why, like you don't need an, you don't need a um, understanding of why you just have to be like, it just for whatever reason didn't feel good. So that's enough of a reason. Yeah. 100%. Um, so I've heard that it can help with baby's positioning. Is this true? In my experience, absolutely, yes. And the big thing about it, my understanding is, you know, babies want to be head down. So that's the first thing. The more that you can have, you know, spacious, sometimes I say like juicy hips, the more likely gravity is to just naturally pull that head down and wear you want it to be when you get closer to birth. The other thing is, I know the more time that you spend on hands and knees, the more likely baby is to turn so that I say it's spine to belly button. I, you guys can tell me what the um, actual anatomical term for that is, because I can't think of it right off the top of my head. But um, 
the more time on hands and knees, the more likely that is to happen just by way of like gravity shifting baby within the womb. And so there is an emphasis in my yoga classes. And I think in most prenatal yoga classes on, okay, let's spend a lot of time on hands and knees. And let's open those hips. So those are two things. Um, And it does, I think, tend to help um, guide baby into the right position. If everything else is kind of normal and there's ample space in there and, you know, and all of that. that. That's not to say that there aren't moms who will do yoga. That's not to say that there are moms who will do prenatal yoga their entire pregnancy and then get to 36, 37 weeks and have a breech baby. Mm-hmm. Um, that still happens, sure. but it does help get baby in the right positioning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I remember as a doula, because this is something I did through my pregnancies and I would always encourage parents to do it if they're feeling like the positioning is off. Like if you're, if you're able to, if it's comfortable and your kitchen floor is dirty, go and wash it on your hands and knees. (laughs) And I did that with all my pregnancies and it definitely helps the baby get into the right position. And I had clean floors on top of it. Bonus. Yeah. So if you're not comfortable doing that, don't, but I found it, I always found it helpful. I have a theory that that whole nesting like instinct is about this. Like, that's just my theory that like, there's a reason why when you get toward like that, um, I don't know, whenever it kicks in for people toward the end of their pregnancy, they're like, I must clean my house. (laughs) And I think this is part of it because it's the whole hands and knees, like scrubbing, like get on your hands and knees. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I was talking to a midwife friend about this a while ago where she was pointing it because we were seeing so much more babies who are not in the ideal position. And she's like, well, if you think about it, what, you know, we all drive big SUVs or a lot of us where the seats kind of like sit back and then we go home and sit on our couches, which we lean back. So we do a lot of like leaning back in our society, which of course encourages mm-hmm. the baby to be spine against spine. Whereas if you're, if you're getting up and you're squatting in fields and moving and picking things, and then you're more yeah. leaned forward or on your, on your hands and knees. So. Totally. Yep. What are the benefits for the pregnancy in general? There are so many. I actually have written a blog post and I can send it to you so you can link it in your show notes, but so many things. So there's the physical, um, which we've already kind of gotten into a little bit because you have more open hips, then baby can be more in the right position. And then that can help with the birth. So there's that. There's also just the general like easing of aches and pains, because if you are doing things that kind of counteract what your body will normally do with posture. So that thing where belly starts to grow and then mom starts to lean forward and kind of let the weight of baby pull her like shoulders down and her hip points down. And then what does that do to her low back? It makes this big, giant, exaggerated curve, which then she's like, oh, but my back hurts. Oh, my sacrum hers like what is all this um if she can kind of learn to stand in a more supported way then those types of aches and pains will be lessened dramatically um so there's that I've already talked about like the community aspect which to me is like a huge bonus and 
it can't be um, overemphasized the importance of learning to breathe properly, which is a huge focus in all yoga, but especially in prenatal yoga, because people don't realize this, but just knowing how to take a big, deep belly breath is huge when it comes to like abdominal strength, um, the strength that you need to actually push the baby out in those the obliques and the deep down um, abdominal muscles. And also the pelvic floor, big deep breath is beneficial to um, even strengthening your pelvic floor, which for obvious reasons can help you with the birth and it can help your recovery be a little bit faster too. In a, in a perfect world, right? Yeah. So it's kind of I can't think of a better combination of things to support a mom during pregnancy to help her with all the things, all the aspects of her life. Right. I imagine like the mindfulness side of it is helpful during birth too. The mindfulness is absolutely, absolutely huge. And actually, I have an online course that is all about how to use yoga and mindfulness techniques to help you to prepare for for the birth. So I don't want to just plug my program, but it makes sense in how I describe it is that the whole mind body connection that we explore so deeply in yoga is like totally what people need when they're getting ready to give birth. And I tell people to think about it like this. When you go into something and you're stressed out or you're fearful or anxious, think about what your body does. And for most of us, what happens is all of our muscles tighten and tense and um, your breath shortens. And there's like a physical response to that thought in your mind of being anxious or stressed out or scared, right? And so if you can get into the mind space of the opposite, where you're calm and you're confident and you're relaxed, your breath is deep, then your body does the opposite of that, right? It starts to soften and it is more easily opened. And um, that's what you want when you're getting ready to give birth, right? So it's huge. The mindfulness part is maybe the most important part, mindfulness and breath. So we're talking about it in relationship to pregnancy. And we just, you touched on some of what I was going to ask you next, which how does it specifically help with labor and birth? You touched on some of that. Can you give me any more on that? How would, how would yoga now prepare us for those hours of labor and and delivery? Yeah. So another key point to this is you on your yoga mat, get practice doing things that are really hard, are physically uncomfortable. And maybe you feel like I just can't do this. Right. There are lots of those moments. And um, I make sure to include lots of things that might um, incite that response for moms before they are getting ready to give birth. Because here's the thing. If you realize, all right, I can take a big, deep breath and I can hold this uncomfortable position for 30 more seconds. 60 more seconds. What do they say is the like average length of a contraction is like 60 to 90 seconds or something like that. Then they know going into their labor that 
they can handle this uncomfortable sensation for 60 or 90 seconds because they've been doing it for nine months. They've been practicing it. And so it's like a training, um, a training ground. Mm-hmm. It's like mommy boot camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so the labor absolutely is beneficial from that. Mm-hmm. And there are studies that show moms that have practiced prenatal yoga have, there's one study in particular, again, I'll send you the link if you'd like to add it in your show notes, but that showed moms who did prenatal yoga experienced less pain during their labors nice. and a shorter labor. So they had their babies sooner. Nice. And P.S., those um, mindfulness tools and the breathing and the sitting with discomfort, that's so, so helpful after the baby comes to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're like it's super like, stressed. and Oh, my goodness. It's like, I have to hold my eyes open and feed this baby for five more minutes. I can do it. I just mm-hmm. have to take a big, deep breath and hang in there. Right. So So true. And I think the more tools a parent has going into parenthood to keep themselves calm and self-regulated. And I talk about this all the time, like babies are co-regulators. They can't manage their own emotions. They can't manage their own stress levels. They, they can get stuck in stress and in fight or flight and they need us to bring them down. But if we're all stressed and freaking out, there's no way we can help our baby. So one of the things that I teach parents when, I, especially when I'm teaching like the, the sleep courses or doing sleep coaching is you need to be regulated in order to help your yeah. baby here. And he, let's talk about some tools that can help you stay regulated and as stress-free as possible. Not that there's not, I mean, parenting is stressful. We all know it, right. but and, and there's no making that stress go away, but how can we manage it? Totally. And you know what? It just gets more and more important as your baby grows up. And I know you guys know this, but as you have a toddler who tests, you know, the limits of everything that you're telling them, um, all the way up to now, I have an eight year old, both of my kids tell me, take a deep breath, mommy, calm down. (laughs) And I'm like, fine, you're right. Right. But they feed off of your energy and they know when you are stressed out and they know when you're frustrated. And if they can watch you take a deep breath and be like, okay, mommy needs to take a minute now so that I can calm down and be a better mommy. They're internalizing that and they're learning that um, to cope with their own big feelings. And that's one of the best gifts that we can give to our kids is to teach them how to, you know, handle the the big feelings. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because if you can model that behavior for them, that's what that. Yep. That is so much stronger and so much more impactful than telling them mm-hmm. to take a deep breath. Right. Yeah. Perfect. And do you do a lot of like affirmations in your classes? Not in my actual prenatal yoga classes that often, though there are times when I'll have a theme and I will thread it through the actual classes. But in my course, because it is a deep dive into that preparation for birth, I have like a an exercise where you find your birth affirmation um, because I really believe words are powerful and um And it's one of those things. And I tell the story of like, when I had my four year old, I had this affirmation that had helped me with 
um, anxiety in early on in my pregnancy because I had an, a miscarriage in between my two babies. And when I got pregnant, the, you know, after that, I think a lot of moms have this, it was like this constant, like, okay, um, I need to go make sure I'm not squatting. Okay. I need to go make sure I'm not, okay. I need to like, and I had like five or six ultrasounds before I was out of my first, um, trimester with her because I kept being like, no, there's something wrong. Make sure there's a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me that, um, I finally came to this like conclusion that I can't control this and there's nothing I can do about it except manage my own stress and my own anxiety. So I had this affirmation that helped me then that I used throughout the rest of my pregnancy and into my birth too. Um, and so I give moms this tool of like, what is the thing that is causing you the most stress and anxiety? And how can you flip that and turn it around so that it is um, assuring? And so that you can lean on those words in those times when you're just really reeling out and stressed out and worried about things. Um, So I do that exercise in my online course. And it. I don't know. It was so helpful for me and the moms that I've worked with. It's funny. I have a few of them who are like, yeah, yeah. When you told me to do that, I rolled my eyes and I was like, "Uh uh-huh, I'll do that. And then I didn't. But then when they were in labor, they were like, but then when I was thinking about, okay, what were those words? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they've had it to pull on. Um, So I think that, I think the affirmations are super helpful for people. I think you have to find one that because I was always uncomfortable doing affirmations too, but I found if I added in swears, I, I did that much better. Like I am works for you. awesome. Or That's awesome. <laughs> I love that because it feels less like serious and stuffy, you know, and that does not work for some people. It's not, um, you know, that, that like yoga teacher voice that... <laughs> I think it's hilarious. And um, that is not the voice that I use in my yoga classes. I'm just like who I am. But like, that doesn't work for everybody. It feels ridiculous. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work for me either. I used to think affirmations were really dumb too, until I actually had the experience of like, nothing else is working. Let me try this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And now I'm a big believer because the way that you talk to yourself and the way that you um, feel and what you're thinking in your head affects how your body feels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it can be that simple. Yeah. Yeah, And every, you know, I feel like every year we have more and more research showing that that's true. Like the, the powerful connection between mind and body. And now we're learning like about gut and body too, which is fascinating, but. So fascinating. So you have, um, you have classes that you offer on your website and I love your website, by the way. Um, Thank you. Can you tell families if they want to connect with you, where they can find you on social media, what your website is? Yeah, so all across the board, you can find me at Spoiled Yogi. So spoiledyogi.com, Spoiled Yogi on Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook and all of the places, not all the places. I don't do TikTok or Snapchat, um, but everywhere else, pretty much. I'm just Spoiled Yogi. And you have a YouTube channel? Oh, yes. I have a YouTube channel, which is also just youtube.com slash Spoiled Yogi. There's lots of free resources there. And I do Zoom classes that start at the beginning of every month. 
So if you look at my schedule in the middle of the month, it will look like I don't have any classes going on, but I do four week series for people and they, you can drop in if you want to just try it out to see, but I kind of, um, encourage people to commit to it for a month because it takes a little bit of time to really get into your groove with things. And I want my moms to get to know each other. So that can't happen in one yoga class. It Mm -hmm. takes a little bit longer. So that's why I do it that way. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. And I will put links to all those in the show notes. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on the Baby Pro Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, ShellyTaffIBCLC.com, where you can check out our online parenting community, The Baby Bistro. You can also follow us on social media at ShellyTaffIBCLC on Instagram. If you love the show, please leave a rating on iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks.